Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. Now that this is so, what does this make possible? So many times I have heard Reverend Mado ask this question. To me, to herself, to you. She is gesturing toward opening the mind to possibility, opening the heart to mystery. Now that this is so, what does this make possible? Reverend Mado raises this question when events arise with which we struggle or which baffle us. She asks it when we suffer. She asks it when we rejoice. Now that this is so, what does this make possible? When asking this question, it is helpful to pause afterward and listen, to open to what may arise in the stillness which follows the asking. These days I am reflecting on the klesha of delusion. In offering some thoughts on training with delusion, I will begin by looking at what we do with the mind, 
and by mind I mean specifically our self-conscious awareness, the organ with which we think, the brain, the psyche, as in using your head. In our life of practice, we become aware quite obviously of the training we have to do with the arising of the clashes or impediments of greed and anger within. Less obviously with delusion. Delusion is the often elusive klesha with which we choose to separate ourselves from the unborn. Why would we do this? Why would we cut ourselves off from our deepest longing? Fear is the only reason I can come up with. Fear and ignorance. We create for ourselves our own private two-dimensional reality and paint it by numbers. In ignorance we think our thoughts, and think them to be ours alone, when in truth so much of what we experience as our own thinking is a composite of all we have ever heard or read or been taught. The human mind is powerful. What we envision with the application of will can become reality. Likewise, we can create our reality by how we view what unfolds in action both within us and around us. If I habitually reinforce a negative perspective on whatever events arise, the result will be that I dwell in a cloud of negativity and also put a drag on those around me. If I regularly live in a fantasy of love and light, I may enjoy a pleasant bubble for a while. Others may even be drawn to a feeling of positivity that surrounds me, but at some point I will face some sobering difficulty which demands more than platitudes. Our dear friend, the human mind, also has the power to go beyond the opposites of negative or positive views of reality to the third position of clarity, to seeing things as they truly are. This continual going beyond begins with my willingness to hold gently all that arises in the mind and to not perpetuate what I come to realize are actually my self-generated delusions, to not believe everything I think. 
in learning to recognize delusion within myself, upon witnessing the arising of delusion in others, compassion increases. To quicken this clearer understanding is to set foot on the path to enlightenment. For within every delusion lies the seed of wisdom itself. The human mind, as we typically experience it, is a sense organ. Eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Of the six, the mind is the only sense organ which generates its own stimuli. Thoughts. As a means of the survival of our species, the concrete and ineffable components which make up my individual mind create my sense of self and my sense of the world. Like all the other senses, my thinking mind is attracted to what engages it. Mind candy that it can grab and play with for entertainment and for the organism to thrive. Something is happening. Something is threatening. Something is exciting. Even rich food for thought, important, abstract thought, can be intoxicating to the mind. Thus we can so easily become knowledge junkies in our age of information, addicted to catching the ever more latest waves of thought as they wash across the face of the planet, fast approaching the speed of light. In the stillness of your heart, ask yourself, Honestly, what do I know to be true? Reflect for a moment on what life lessons you have learned by living them. Not by hearing about them, or seeing them on a screen or stage or page, but by living them. Now consider whether you have ever experienced a change in your point of view anything from a slight to a radical shift in your understanding or awareness of how things are. If you have experienced this kind of shift, 
What was it that made changing your view possible? If you haven't yet experienced a shift of consciousness, aren't you curious what a change in thinking might make possible? Drawn or determined to meditate in a quiet room facing a wall with my eyes open neither grabbing on nor pushing away any thoughts. To all appearances, nothing happens. Thoughts may come and go if they wish, as I sit moment after moment, without trying to either engage or stop the mind, while nothing happens. Yet this inner turning has a momentous potential to allow the human mind to blossom in all its vast capacity. For many, this practice of serene reflection meditation is daunting. It asks of us that we sit still with nothing to occupy the mind. We start with small sips of stillness. We start with five minutes a day, for example, because in the world most of us occupy, rest does not come easy to the mind, except in sleep, a sleep that is essential to process all the busyness of the day. So where is my mind? when I am not formally meditating? What do I do with my mind during the rest of my day? Have you ever thought to consider just what you put in your mind? Whose mind is this, anyway? Is it mine, or do I turn it over to whoever is inputting their information or viewpoints? Whose mind do I really want to spend time in? What states of mind are worth encouraging during my ever-shortening time on earth? As humans, we can become so skilled at seeing only what we want to see and at not seeing what we don't want to see. If we can convince ourselves so thoroughly of what we wish to be so, surely we can use that same power of the mind to let go of delusion and to see clearly. The true power of the mind lies in its potential to open This is what is really meant by letting go of self. Letting go of self actually means letting go of our delusion of who we think we are and opening to possibility.
Now that this is so, what does this make possible? Look at what the mind does. Do I listen to Dharma talks? Do I recite scriptures? Do I read Buddhist books? Do I take refuge with other Buddhist practitioners in matters of my spiritual life, of everyday life? Do I keep Buddha images around me, wear a rosary? Do I offer incense or water or candles? What do any of these things offer in terms of how I use my mind? These activities and others like them, while not Zen meditation itself, generously offer a focus for the mind toward turning within, leading the way toward what truly matters, leading the way to the deeper mind. So, what is the deeper mind? To come to know the deeper mind, we must awake within us that which each of us possesses, sometimes called the mind that seeks the way, the bodhicitta. If you have become aware of a yearning, or a wondering, or a calling, or a dis-ease which prompts you to seek meaning, you have likely had a brush with the mind that seeks the way. Acting on its prompting, turning toward what beckons, past the false certainty of can or can't, we may discover the path to peace of heart, to peace of mind. Following the intuitive prompting, letting go of the grasping mind, I may turn ever more often toward the unknown. This may surprise me. This may quicken my heartbeat. This may bring a smile, or it may terrify me. As I sit more and more, I may discover that in addition to a mind, I have a body and a heart. I am not only my mind. I am so much more than my thoughts. The mind rests and the horizon expands. 
as I come to know the one who sits, I may learn to dwell at ease within all that I do not know with my human mind. Resting in the deeper mind, encompassing all that arises within endless benevolence. Perhaps I may even come to feel that I may be losing my mind. And like releasing a caught fish to swim free, I may simply be willing to let it go. If I need it, it will swim back to help. Trusting this, sitting still, moving about my life guided by a deeper knowing, I may dwell ever more at ease, inseparable from something greater, as if rooted in the depths of a vast clear pond. My human mind welcome to expand infinitely, floating gently, like a lotus blossom is not wetted by the water that surrounds it. Now that this is so, what does this make possible? Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings including you, wherever you may be.